book of 1 Timothy, chapter 1, and verse number 3 and verse number 4. 1 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 3 and verse number 4. You will find these words. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus while I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith so do. Thank you so much. We ask your prayers today, as always, as we consider the subject, stay the course. Stay, stay the course. I confess that one of my favorite types of movies has to do with seafaring vessels. I am particularly drawn to those movies where the plot revolves around a ship caught in the grips of a storm. I, I love the movie, The Perfect Storm, and the movie, The Titanic. I, I'm drawn to those kinds of movies that um, have those kinds of scenes. One of my favorite um, authors uh, has a book entitled The Five Images of the New Testament Church. Uh, of the five, my favorite is he pictures the New Testament church as a little ship in the midst of a big ocean that's caught in a storm. That's caught in a storm. And so recently uh, at home, I caught a, a recent offering on TV uh, that was the story again of a small vessel tragically caught in the grips of a sudden, unexpected, unforeseen storm. And the one thing that storms, whether in movies or in real life, have in common is that they seem to always be unexpected. They always seem to be among those things that you cannot anticipate. Uh, you never know when they're going to show up. And when they come, you aren't aware of when they might leave. But as I, particular, as I watched this particular offering, one of the things, Pastor Venice, that impressed me uh, in this particular movie um, was the dialogue between the captain and the pilot, yes, the dialogue between the captain and the pilot. The one thing that stood out in the movie that was so apparent was that the captain and the pilot had a tremendous relationship with one another. Yes, Amen. So I want you to picture it tonight, if, this evening, if you will. The storm is raging. Um, the ship is surrounded by waves like midnight savages on a raid. Yes, sir. 
the water. The water actually seems to be angered by the presence of the ship. Dark, ominous clouds surround the ship and seem to announce that there is no relief in sight. Pitch it again and see that the ship is tossed like a toy from wave to wave. The lightning flashes with threatening swiftness. The pilot, however, comes to the forefront again because the pilot has kinship. The pilot has correspondence. The, the pilot has sensitivity to and with the captain. And so faced with calamitous, catastrophic circumstances, the pilot cries out in the present situation, what should I do? What should I do? He would have the captain to know, I cannot find my way. I don't know which way to go. As a matter of fact, I don't even know where I am. I'm caught in a situation. And I need to know from your perspective, what should I do now? What should I do now? Because from where I sit, Everything is out of control. Everything is out of control. So the question rises out of this particular movie, what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? And so, and so he communicates with the captain and the re rapid reply comes back over the turbulence and the tumult Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. I know you're caught in a storm. I know that the waves and the winds seem to be in control. I know that you don't seem to know your direction. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. But my instruction for you at this time and in this circumstance is stay the course, stay the course. Now the pilot had learned to lean on the captain for stability. But not only that, he had learned to listen to the captain for direction. But not only that, he had learned to look to him for deliverance. So when you put it all together, the, the pilot would end up leaning, listening, uh -huh. and looking. Yes. Stay the course. Now, the, 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 the implication is to alter the course may have driven them into greater danger than the storm itself. Amen. You see, the captain knew something that the pilot was not aware of. The captain had traveled this way many times before. He knew the way to take. The destination had already been charted. So the purpose of the journey has not been changed by the storm. 
I, I got to say it again. The, 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 the storm does not change the, the, the purpose of the journey. Neither does it give cause to change the course. Now, what was at stake was the reputation of the captain and the crew that was at stake. Considering all the bad things that could have happened if they failed to reach their destiny on time. So the orders, despite the storm, remain the same. Stay the course. Now, now Paul is responding to a Macedonian call. He is ready to depart from Ephesus. Timothy is instructed to remain there because of the presence of other doctrines being taught. And his job was to urge the church, stay the course, stay the course. Now in, in 1 Timothy, Paul establishes the church, the church, the church in 1 Timothy is the institutionalized church. He begins by saying that God has put men in offices. They, they are pastor or bishop or elder, and they are there for a specific purpose. And so Paul is on his way to Macedonia, and he leaves Timothy in Ephesus with a specific instruction. He says, Timothy, you're going to have to confront you're going to have to deal with false doctrine. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have to occupy this position in the church. Now, in 1 Timothy, the church is the ecclesia. They are the called out ones. And so Paul would have him to understand the severity of his calling. Now, Paul uses different images and metaphors to describe the church. He, he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 13, he wants the church to know that there's a war going on. There's a war going on. He says, and now, now, now what you're going to have to do in, in, the, in, in the face of this war is you're going to have to put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. He said, because you are engaged in a war, but your enemy is not human. It's not human. This, this is not a battle against flesh and blood. He says, but this is, this is cosmic battle. You, you've got to do battle with powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. And so he says, you've got to understand uh, what you have to deal with. He says, the enemy is not human. Peter adds emphasis always also by saying that your enemy is like a roaring lion. And he goeth about seeking whom he may devour. Amen. So the church is in a precarious position. Paul actually uses athletic metaphors. He says that the Christian has to be like the boxer. He says, but, but, but you can't be involved shadow boxing. 
No, you, 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 you can't be involved, shadow boxing. And then he says, sometimes the Christian is like a runner in a race. And he says, you ought to run to win. And then he says, sometimes the Christian is like one caught up in a wrestling match. And in Romans chapter 7, he says, even though you are Christian, you will still have to deal with sin. He says, so you will find yourself sometimes saying, now when I do that, that I would not do, it is no longer I, but sin that dwelleth in me. And in spite of all that, Paul is able to say at the end of his journey, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And so he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, your job is to keep the main thing, the main thing, lest it be detoured off into some dangerous theological wilderness. He says, Timothy, understand that for the church, it's a crucial, critical time. He says, it's a time in which you must be compelled by conviction. Yes, sir. He says, you yes, need sir. to know that there is unfinished business. Yes, he says, you need to know that there are those who would divide the Christian family. Yes, there are those who lean more towards intellectualism yes, than they do the spiritual. Yes, and Timothy, you are going to have to meet this problem head on, head on. He said, because what's going to happen is when you try to correct people, <clears throat> you're going to discover that correction can cause commotion. Amen. So you, you're going to discover that correction can cause commotion because you are going to have to pastor people who treasure no one's opinion more than they do their own. Amen. So Timothy, understand that a struggle is involved in your calling. He says, now you're going to have to tell the people to turn a deaf ear to those who would tamper with biblical truth. He says, now in order for you to do that, you are going to have to have a properly place devotion. Amen. One that is centered in knowing and serving God. He says, Timothy, you're going to have to guide God's people in putting and keeping first things first. He says, now there's going to be a confrontation between Timothy. He says, you need to know there's going to be a confrontation between your desire to be faithful and your desire to keep the peace. He says, he says, Timothy, sometimes you're going to find yourself pulled between the two. Pulled between the two. He says, you, there's going to be a strong desire in you to be faithful. And there's going to be a strong desire in you to keep the peace. He says, sometimes you want to keep from rocking the boat. And sometimes the boat needs a good rocker. And so he says, 
He says, you're going to have to lead the people to live by truth or else to be lost among troubles. He says that you're going to have to teach them to be rightly devoted or to be forever delayed in difficulties. Now listen, Paul knew that when faced, when the preacher is faced with turmoil, there is always present the temptation to take the course of least resistance. Amen, amen, amen. And it might happen around anniversary time. Amen. It's, it's like you remember Moses is up on the mountain. He's up on the mountain. He's conversing. He's dialoguing with God. And Aaron is in the valley. Poor Aaron. Aaron discovered, Aaron discovered experientially that sometimes the membership can become a mob. And so while they're, while they're in the valley and Moses is up on the mountain, uh, the folk went to Reverend Aaron <laughs> and said, now Aaron, uh, Moses has been up there and we don't know how long he's going to be there. Matter of fact, we're not even sure that he's gonna come back. And uh, Aaron, if, if you like your position, uh, and you want to keep it. Uh, get up and make us gods. A amen. And Aaron fell victim to that old, old temptation to give the people what the people want. Amen. 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 And so Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, there may be times when you feel tempted to jump ship. There may be times for you to feel like the grass is greener on the other side. He says, but whatever you do, Timothy, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Amen. He had to receive word from Titus. Titus writes to Paul and says, Paul, he says, I found out that when you left me here at Crete, these Cretans are liars and cheaters and all manner of men. And I don't think I can take it much longer. And Paul said back to Titus, Titus, why do you think I left you there? I, I left you there that you might set things in order in Crete. Amen. In other words, stay the course. Now, we, this is interesting in 2015 because we see currently many attempts to promote new ways of salvation. Amen. And, and in the midst of that, we have to stay the course. We have to resist the lure of luxury and material wealth because that'll throw you off course. And then we have to resist the temptation to substitute a health and wealth gospel for the gospel of Christ. And then we have to be well aware that the fact that in our day and time, one of the sad things that's happening in the church is that the priority seems to be on cash and crowds. A amen. Amen. 
and cash and crowds must not become our goal. Amen. And so we live in a time when long-standing and proven principles are being called into question. Men of letters with a whole lot of initials behind their name challenge the truths that we have lived by all these years. And we've got more and more new interpreters coming on the scene. We live in a time where now they question the miracles of the Bible. They question the virgin birth. They question the resurrection. They question the Trinity. They question divine healing. They even object to the fact that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And in the midst of all of that and so much more, we must stay the course. Stay. If we stay, we have the promise of him who quiets stormy weather. And he says to us, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. And so we are challenged in 2015 as never before to stay with the one who has brought us this far on the journey. Well, I think I ought to share with you that it was recently that I was approached by a little imp of Satan. And um, he said to me, he said, Pharaoh, you need to get with it. With it. With it. And I said to him, uh, it can't save me. It can't save me. I, I've, got, I've got to keep my allegiance and my alliance with him. I, I'm, I'm not interested in getting with it. A amen. Because I realize in order for me to get with it, that I would have to change my course. Would have to change my course. And, and, and I've been this way too long, amen, to change now. And God has been too good for me to change now. And God has brought me too far for me to change now. You see, the doctrine that I live by has been tested by time, amen. Nero's fire couldn't burn it out. Hitler's army couldn't triumph over it. Slavery and Jim Crow and racism could not diminish it. It handled the first 20 centuries, and I believe it can handle the 21st century. Amen. And so as I come to a close, I want to say to you today, whatever you do, don't flirt with stuff that's been untried and untested. Amen. Amen. And don't begin this fruitless search for something new and something different. Joshua challenged Israel as we are sufficiently challenged today. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. And then went on to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I want to share with you today, don't be moved by winds of strange rhetoric. 
Don't let criticism throw you off course. Stay with what you got. Stay with what you got. Amen. We live in a time now where every month 1,500 men quit the ministry. Amen. Find something else to do. People are leaving the church for no apparent reason. I ran into a dear, sweet young lady, so sincere, and I asked her, are you still at such and such a church? She said, no, I had to leave there. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear what happened. She said, well, they were in uh, praise, but I had to leave and go to a place where there was high praise. Well, now, I said, well, now, how do you tell the difference? between praise and, and high praise. Huh? There's so much stuff out here now. A amen, amen. You, 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 you've got to be careful. Well, here I am at this point in my life, and do you realize that I can still sing enthusiastically, give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. It sets joy bells ringing in my soul. It was good for my dear mother, and it's good enough for me. So I made up my mind that I'm going to stay the course because I'm too close. I'm too close to my journey's end to change now. My, my heart is fixed, and my mind is, is made up. My decision is final. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though no one join me, I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. No turning back. I tell you what I, I, I discovered the other day. I was watching the survivors on television. And I discovered that the survivors, one of the most important things to the survivors is fire. It's fire. It's being able to build a fire and to keep the fire burning. And so the emphasis for the survivor is the importance of fire to sustain life in the wild. Fire is essential for survival. Well, I left the survivors and got to thinking about Jeremiah. Jeremiah made up his mind one day. <laughs> the folk had treated him so bad, he even felt like God had let him down. And so he went to the, to the complaint window, said to God, I'm through. I'm finished. I'm not going to preach anymore. I won't even make mention of your name. Jeremiah went home and tried his best to sit down on God. He did all right Monday. Yeah, he did all right. He did all right Monday. Tuesday, he did, he did pretty good. Wednesday and Thursday. As a matter of fact, he did pretty good till Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, he got to thinking about it. He said, Lord, it's the Lord's day. <laughs> Tomorrow, and, and there is a fire 
uh, burning in my bones. And he says, I was weak with forbearing and I could not stay. And that's what I love about preaching. I don't care how long you've been in it. Amen. You can't quit. There's no quit in this thing. This fire continues to burn. Amen. And so Jeremiah got up and went back to the task because the fire burned. Well, brother, brother pastor, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course and, and keep the fire burning. Amen. Now, you got to remember that in the church, there is a fire department. Only difference is they don't start them, they put them out. But whatever you do, stir it up and keep your fire burning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I discovered now that uh, in 2015, <laughs> you have to preach till you get happy. You, you can't wait on the folk no more. You don't know what kind of stuff they got on their mind. Some of them will sleep on you. Some of them will creep on you. But I've made up my mind that God has been too good to me to give up on him now. And so I've seen the lightning flash. And I've heard the thunder roll. I've seen sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on. And he promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Stay the course. People will come. People will go. Stay the course. Sometimes up, sometimes down. Stay the course. In season, out of season. Stay the course. Why with you? Why without you? Stay the course. 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 They got this title now. This word for tired preachers, they call it burnout. I think that we've got two choices. Either to burn out or burn up. I think we ought to burn up rather than burn out. God bless you, preacher. Stay the course. Stay the course. Manuel Scott Sr., God bless his heart. It's going on to glory now. He tells the story. He says that the preacher must not get so caught up fighting lions and shedding out the lambs. He says sometimes you come to the pulpit sitting right in front of you is a lion. <laughs> Fight against everything you try to do. You're trying to establish peace, they're trying to establish chaos, confusion, 
says you come out of your study stand in the pulpit and the first face you see is brother and sister lion he says if you're not careful brother and sister lion will make you change your sermon trying to shoot at them says but remember all the time you're shooting at the lions over in the corner, if you listen carefully, there's somebody say, uh, 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 uh. there's a little lamb. Struggle to get to church that morning. Come in the door saying, is there a word from the Lord? And so he says, what you need to do is ignore the lions. God will take care of them and make sure you got some sheep food and feed that little lamb in the back. Make sure they go home fed and blessed. Stay the course. Stay the course. Yes. It's a difficult time in which to preach. Stay the course. Yeah. Stay the course. Yeah. Too many folk are walking out. Yes, <laughs> Stay the course. Stay the course. God bless you.